0: I am Doug Friedman.
1: And I am Meredith Levy.
0: And this is your mental breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) Just say it. Just say it. The
1: podcast. The podcast? It's (laughs) the podcast.
0: (laughs) This is Meredith's meltdown because I told her to say the podcast with a little more oomph in your inflection
1: <laughs> so i'm testing all different varieties of it
0: that's right hi dougie hey it is almost all hallows eve
1: it sure is it is also almost dia de los muertos and all saints day
0: there you go that's right oh, that's right did you have you gone did you ever <laughs> learn how to talk like me the dia de los muertos event at hollywood cemetery
1: no, uh uh-uh.
0: Oh, it's cool.
1: It is. I bet it is.
0: Yeah. It's really cool to see people wearing like dressed up at, for, for Dia de los Muertos. Like it's kind of like the, the movie you liked that I saw and actually really liked Coco.
1: You know that when I'm in San Miguel, where I'm oh, yeah. down there for Dia de los Muertos, it's like the biggest thing. It's a huge, we all like go parade through town and everyone gets like painted and dressed up and we give candy to the kids. It's so fun. It's like a five day event because it's also, it's a very big, you're honoring the dead. They start the whole town. Everything gets set up for like days ahead of time. And there's all these different things and everyone has altars and, and then officially like on the first you go and you go to the cemeteries and the altars. And it's amazing.
0: Yeah. I love that. The whole idea to me of like honoring the dead makes a lot of sense. And I like that.
1: That's why I love it. It's like my favorite. Wait, Huggy, yes. your album came out.
0: It did. It came out a couple of days ago. That's right.
1: It's amazing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh,
1: How is that? You're a famous rock star.
0: Yeah, I think uh, maybe one of those words is correct. I think I'm a rock. <laughs> I, I think you're a famous star. star. Nah. But it's honestly, speaking of like honoring the dead, it's somewhat bittersweet, somewhat nice. It's about and has come out on the anniversary of of Kim's passing. And it was very emotional creating the album, recording the album and everything that went along with it, except releasing the album. At this point now, it's, yeah. I just want people to hear this. And if they connect to it and connect to the story and, and whatever it is, like, Great, I want people to have their own relationship with it i've I've had mine i 'm now giving it to everyone else, and literally tried to make it free, but i it, the distribution would't let me. I had to just make it as cheap as I could, really yeah, yeah, like I could not set it to be a free album. I mean, if you go on Spotify, you can listen to it for free yeah. I'm sure, yeah, but iTunes and wherever else people listen to music amazon music it's like three hundred ninety nine for the album because i i couldn't set it any lower than that, but Aww. There it is.
1: That's so sweet. I'm Well, I'm excited for everyone else to hear it. And I yeah. thank you for sharing it with all of us.
0: You're very welcome. That's what I do. I share things out loud for everybody. Here it is. Here I is.
1: Good for you. <laughs> I keep it all in unless it's not vulnerable and then I'm fine. Right. I'll let you be the vulnerable one, Doug. Wait, what do you mean by that? What are you
0: saying? <laughs> 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 Maybe you're the rock. Maybe you're a famous rock star. Maybe. You like stars. You have them tattooed several places on your body. I do. You are a rock as we have just demonstrated.
1: I'm a rock. I'm not famous. famous. I no, And I like it that way.
0: Well, I don't know. We have, we have the Meredith t-shirt coming out soon. Oh, geez. Yes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that horrifies you. I love
1: it. And, and I'm yeah. on, um, now our I pa- uh, finally joined a Patreon, our yeah. Drew Sessions now. I wasn't in the first few, but now I am. So you guys should come listen and, and join us. We have some free little goodies we'll give you that are awesome, our merch.
0: Yep. We'll put a link in wherever you just clicked on to get this. There <laughs> should be a link. It's patreon.com slash yourmentalbreakdown. Find us there. Subscribe slash to it. Slash
1: so exciting. Slash we are amazing. <laughs> hashtag
0: bye. Slash make Meredith famous and super uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yes, please. Please do that.
0: That's a, I think that's one of my favorite designs is the Meredith shirt. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. See
0: that discomfort that you have right now? That's how I, I feel talking about the album. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It was fun on the, on the Patreon to talk to other therapists and do breakdowns with them. It felt a little, I mean, you knew I was doing it. It wasn't like I was cheating on you. Like you knew I was cheating on you.
1: Right. I did know.
0: <laughs> but you got a little jelly. Yeah, of course I did.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, were they better than me?
0: Well, I mean, better? Who's to say? Well, I guess everybody, you guys, you say, were they better than no. Meredith?
1: <laughs> There's no better or Let's worse. Let's start a poll. It's
0: We'll put it's a poll all, on our Instagram.
1: It's all fun. <laughs> it's all goodness
0: rank your top favorite co-host with Doug, meredith doug's mom
1: (laughs) wait your mom was on it no 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 oh i was like what
0: i mean she is a therapist i could do that
1: oh my god that could be so fun
0: right especially if we have a drew episode where he's talking about his mom i'll bring my mom on we'll break it down it's a good one We've got another mom to think about. Speaking of Dia de los Muertos and and honoring people, your mom passed away almost three years ago.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy how Kim and my mom passed away so close to each other. Right, It was so, so strange. So yeah, Yeah. be honoring her on Dia de los Muertos for sure.
0: Do you do something to honor?
1: Yeah. The year before I was in... Now I don't remember what year is what, but anyway, the last time I was in San Miguel for Dia de los Muertos was the year after she passed away. And so we did the altar and everything at our house. Oh, wow. And then you light candles and it's cool.
0: Right. It's nice. I think that, that way of honoring, and that's kind of what the album is to me. It's, it's a way of honoring Kim and honoring us and honoring the process. And it's totally, it's amazing. Yeah. Anybody out there who's experienced loss or grief, you know, it's not just a one day a year thing, but to be able to honor it and give it a container sometimes is, is helpful, comforting.
1: Totally. And along those lines, sort of honoring, cause you know, a lot of my tattoos are in honor of my mom, but right. there is a new thing out. Well, it just opened in LA. This is not a shout out. I just think it's the only people that do it. It's called ephemeral tattoo, ephemeral. Like that's the name of the tattoo place. They are tattoos, real tattoos that last only a year and they fade away. What? Yeah. They came up with this biodegradable, like medical grade safe ink. They only have black as of now, but that in 12 to 15 months, it's absolutely gone. Just starts to fade like five months or something. So you get to experience the same pain, but
0: (laughs) fantastic.
1: yeah. But if you make a mistake, if you regret it, right, or if you just want to try something out, You got a year. That's not crazy.
0: That's a little crazy. It makes some sense. I think when we did the episode, we did a little insight out on tattoos when we talked about Drew's yeah. tattoos and, and some of yours. Yep. I told you my favorite tattoo mistake for a celebrity was Johnny Depp who got Winona forever yeah, tattooed on his on his shoulder. Wino I forever. Right, and he changed yeah. it to Wino forever. Like that's so good. Very appropriate for him. Yeah. Had he only done disappearing ink, it would just be gone now. Right. Right.
1: Disappearing ink. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> that? um, that's kind of what it is, right?
1: Fate, yes, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of disappearing ink. Yeah. <laughs> That has nothing to do with this episode. Speaking of,
1: it's perfect though. Speaking of us being weirdos,
0: well, it's funny because Sarah does give a shout out to us saying, "Speaking of," which <laughs> is hilarious. Oh yeah, them. right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yep. And people asked, like, way back in the old days of listening to Drew, like, does Drew listen to the episodes? Well, sort of. So Sarah absolutely listens to the episodes, and she's like, I feel like I'm getting therapy twice. Like that's awesome.
1: Oh my God. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And she's, she even de facto feels like you're, you're her, you're her sort of second pinch hit therapist.
1: Oh my God. I can't believe you never told me that. I just feel like I'm going to cry right now. That's so cute.
0: Yeah. I just didn't want it to go to your head.
1: I, well, it's going to, well,
0: next thing you know, you're going to be on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Speaking Speaking of of
1: being on a t shirt,
0: (laughs) (laughs) there we go. Y'all listen to Sarah and me and me and Meredith will come back at you in a little bit and break it on down. Take two all over again. (laughs) Take
2: two. Always wish that life had takes, but like certain situations or control Z.
0: Oh yeah. Undo. Oh,
2: undo that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We used to do um reduce in a relationship. if You had like a little friction or something and you caught it, you know, as it was like, hang on, can, can we reset? Redo? Reset. Yeah. Reset. <laughs> totally. Reset, rewind. Totally. Redo.
2: I actually have an easy time with that concept. Boyfriend struggles with that concept. Like he's in it. Hmm. He wants to be in it until he's done. We We don't really fight. He ha- he gets kind of he gets in a mood. I mean, I think we all do it to a certain extent. You get in a mood and it's really hard to just snap yourself out of it. And you know, it's literally my own conditioning that allows me to do that because mm. I'm like, OK, I can deal with my feelings on my own time. I don't want to fight. I don't want to go to bed angry or whatever it is. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. reset, let's do it again. Or I'll make a joke or I'll, you know, do something goofy and it doesn't work on him.
0: <laughs> Maybe that that's one indication of why he's a good partner for you in yeah. that sense, because oh, right, And we talked about it with all the bags that you carry around. Like that's just compartmentalizing something. Like when you said, oh, I'll deal with my feelings later. Yep. Really? <laughs> Do you, or do you just have all these bags inside of you with stuff that you've shoved in there?
2: Yeah, <laughs> which brings me to.
0: <laughs> we are in therapy.
2: I was listening to another one of your sessions this morning with Drew, and I love how you, you always make jokes and then you finally have a lead in. Speaking of. Right. Speaking <laughs> of bags I carry around. <laughs> so you know how we talked right the, the sort of funk that was going on at work, it's her problem, right? Give it back to her. Mm-hmm. And I 100% loved that advice. I took that advice, but yesterday it was too much. It, it affects my work because mm. she doesn't want to talk to me. So we're not communicating. Things are not getting done as efficiently. And it, at the end of the day, I sat her down and said, look, I know you've told me, relax, not everything is about you, but it is 100% about me. So we're not going to leave this room until you tell me what the problem is. Because when she has life issues, that's all she wants to do is tell me about it and talk to me about it. When it's about me, silent treatment. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. work for our working relationship.
0: Right.
2: And, you know, there's a bunch of my issues thrown in there obviously, which is that it's really hard for me to function. I feel emotions. This Mm -hmm. one thing is just making me not able to focus. So did that, pulled her in the room, and she finally admitted that about three weeks ago, we were on Mm -hmm. a call. So there's this huge project we're working on. So we had this meeting about this project, and I... Having had some conversations with you, having had actually a big conversation with the the managing partner, I've been told that I need to start delegating, right? I need to see, okay, at what point do you actually need me to step into the project? And that's solely based on a technical skill level, nothing else. And this week I was quite stressed. There was a lot on my plate. And, and I'll get back to why I think that might be important down the line. I said, and I listened back to the meeting today, okay, because I wanted to understand. Hmm. So co workers this issue was I came across like I was being prideful, like too big for my britches, like saying, you don't need me for this like lowly part of the job. Get back to me when I need to be there. That's how she heard what I said.
0: Interesting.
2: When she told me this, I was totally taken aback. I re-listened to it and I'm thinking, okay, how did I come across incorrectly? I could see how that could be off-putting for sure, but she knows me. (laughs) I'm literally the person who will say, oh, don't worry. I'll go scrub the bathroom because there's no one else to do it. I have no problem getting my hands dirty with whatever, but I'm one human. So, in my sort of desperation in this meeting, I said, "Is there any possible chance that we could pull together a team to get the data to a point where you can give it back to me?" Nobody seemed on the call to have an issue with it. But coworker did. She thought I came across as sounding like, I'm too important for this part, so come back to me when it's worthy of me, is basically how she put it to me. So I'm like, oh shit, okay. I want to work on myself. I always want to work on myself. And I was listening to how I approached that subject, and I just, I didn't hear it. And co-worker stopped talking to me for almost a month because she thought I was being prideful. So now my head is spinning because if I had listened back to that and, and I felt, oh yeah, no, I, that I was being an asshole for sure. Like I definitely portrayed like um, a monkey can do this work. It's hard because it's hard to say stuff like that without sensitive or maybe overly sensitive people interpreting that in a way that was Absolutely not meant. But I don't feel like this is the first time in my life that somebody has had a reaction to something I said that to me is just out of left field. So now I'm like, "Well, crap. <laughs> Maybe I just stop talking. I don't know. On one hand, everybody's telling me, you need to delegate, you need to allow people to help you. And then when I do, I'm prideful and piss, well, one person off. Are you prideful? I am not at all. I take pride in my work. Sure. I take ownership of my work. Now I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you
0: talk. Just breathe for a second. We did it last week when we kind of slowed things down. Yes. This was something I think you needed to get off your chest. You know the facts very well. You know what happened very well. You know your intention very well. And you were misinterpreted. You can only control the message sent. You can't control the message received. It is out of your control. And you will make yourself crazy, and that's the technical term for it, when you try to control something that is out of your control. That's
2: literally the story of my life. I need to somehow be different. I want to learn. I want to be a better person. But the core of me, like we've talked about all these sessions, I am Mm -hmm. a mother. I am an empath. I am my biggest concern in life is that everybody else is happy. Everybody.
0: And I'll add something to that. You are a trauma survivor.
2: I try to not think about that at work. (laughs)
0: Let me say it again, then you are a trauma survivor.
2: Not an excuse for me to say it again.
0: Then you are a (laughs) trauma survivor.
2: I hate the sound of that, honestly.
0: Yeah, because it means you went through trauma. Yep. We can't erase that part. We can change the survivor to thriver. We can we can do that, but that trauma won't go away. The trauma response that gets locked in your neural pathways, your brain, and how it how it is, your body and how it is. That we can. We can start to unlock. We can do something with that. And you are. Actively we're doing that. You slip back to what your brain knows, what you know. Wait, she took it this way? Okay, it's a hundred percent about me. It is zero percent about you. I'm exaggerating a little bit. And everybody has their own story and they're carrying in their own stuff. And she took it a certain way. And I think what you were recognizing was, hmm, it is a hundred percent about her and it's now impacting me. It's making it hard to work with her. From there, you went to, so it must be me. I must have, let me make sure I didn't do anything wrong. I think it's, we're so afraid of not having control and of getting something wrong, doing it bad.
2: Yeah, it could be. In my mind right now, it's, I want to not do it again. Like I want to be better next time.
0: You're looking for control. Why do you think you want control? Of me? I think that, that you can control.
2: But can I? <laughs> right. That's when I freak out. Because I feel like, okay, well, if I can't even say something correctly, then there's got to be a bigger issue.
0: I can guarantee you absolute 100% guarantee that there is going to be something that you say that she will take the wrong way that she will have a reaction to always (laughs) there's going to be something probably many things there will always be a percentage of people that are going to take something the wrong way no matter what
2: you know everybody is entitled to their opinion I think Mm -hmm. generally speaking, you need to try and see it from a good place. That person's not coming from, I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, but for the most part, people are coming from their, their heart. If you interpret things that are said from the heart as evil or bad or whatever, then it's, I feel your problem. Even if the person who posted its opinion is different from yours, well, that's America. You know, that's just how it is. Yep. I don't like conflict. I don't like conflict. And I believe that at the core, most people, again, can't generalize, but most people are not evil, hateful morons. They are just humans getting through life the best way they know how, just like the rest of us.
0: And the best way that you know how is to make sure nobody misinterprets you to make sure you have as much control as you can possibly have to make sure nobody's upset by anything that you ever say or ever do. It's a lot of work.
2: It is (laughs) like you said, it's coworker issue, right? Nobody else in that call, if anything, I would have been concerned about their opinion or their feedback. Hmm. And I'm going to find out what it was I went and followed up with both yeah even just admitting that I can't do everything that I am not superwoman is extremely hard for me and this is already yeah. a huge growth for me to even say I'm going to have to ask for help that was a huge step for me right so it kind of negated all of that I don't like repeating mistakes. I like to learn from my mistakes. I'm not saying behaviors,
0: mistakes. Right. And hold that. What if there was no mistake on your part?
2: Then I'm being prideful and assuming there was no mistake on my part. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. Because when I listen to it back, I I really, truly didn't hear it. Right. But then I'm hearing myself. I'm hearing... I know how I was feeling and I'm hearing nothing but desperation in my voice.
0: Mm -hmm. So I'll ask again. So what if there was no mistake? I I mean,
2: (laughs) then it's not my issue. I have to give it back to the person who has the issue.
0: How do you do that? I mean, that sounds great. I'm
2: saying it because I know that's what you want me to say. (laughs) I don't want you to say
0: shit that isn't coming from you. I know. And intellectually, yes, you're saying the right thing. Great. We need to embody that. I want to make sure that I didn't make a mistake because if I did, I'll correct it and it won't happen again. Yes. It's going to happen again.
2: Right. And again, intellectually, I understand that because I can't predict Maybe I just have a problem. Like, I know I have a lot of problems. Let's not go there.
0: (laughs) Well, I said it earlier and I'll, I'll say it again so you hear it because this is a big piece of where this comes from. You've had a significant amount of trauma in your life. This is a trauma response. You were Wonder Woman for much of your life. At 15 years old, you were Wonder Woman. It was survival. And you did it. And then you've carried that and you've been that for all of your siblings, for your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wonder Woman literally has superpower. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? You went into Wonder Woman mode. Let me make sure she's okay. I and mean, that was Wonder Woman. You were taking care of everybody and everything except yourself.
2: In honesty. My original plan was to first get feedback from the other people in the meeting and then have another talk with co-worker. Them. We work well together, but this one way criticism relationship we have where she is constantly telling me what I've done wrong. And I just eat it up and say, I am so sorry. I am going to try and do better. hmm That's it. That's our relationship. If she's upset, everybody knows it. If I'm upset, nobody knows it because I just carry on living my life. So I I really want to tell her, look, I hear you. I'm glad that you're telling me this, but at the end of the day, I didn't do anything inappropriate. At the end of the day, you can tell me how much I've pissed you off and how much you're annoyed with what I know or how fast I work or how I talk. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna change that because like you said, it's not my issue. But there's in the back of my mind, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me saying, no, that's freaking bullshit. Of course, of course I didn't do that. Or of course I didn't say that
0: pause right there fucking bullshit of course i didn't say okay that's what you want to say yes all the other stuff is window dressing like you said i'm just beating around the bush
2: i don't know i mean she's got her own movie as you say she is the star in her movie and i know i am the star in mine and honestly just between you me and the wall i i don't actually care about her opinion. I, I know it won't affect my work life. It affects my emotional state. Like it doesn't threaten me.
0: It doesn't threaten you. And you go into a trauma response. You yes. go into a, let me make this better. How do I make this? Because let of me take emotions. On the blame. Let me d- exactly. Not
2: if I'm logical.
0: Sure. I, I wish we could all be more Spock and less Kirk, you know, but that <laughs> doesn't work that way you are not an emotionless person. You are emotional. Correct. And that's okay. It's wonderful. Is it? (laughs) Well, it's exhausting when you're taking on everyone else's emotions, when things affect you so deeply and you're trying to constantly correct it. It's exhausting. It's also something where it comes from, a place. it's not just like us talking about it and logically you go, man, Doug's right. I should stop doing that. I should stop. Do-. It's not that easy. Here's the piece I want you to, to really logically get having compassion. Do you know what having compassion is?
2: I do. It's forgiving and seeing the good side and, and we're all human. We all have our flaws and we don't need to dwell on them. Yeah, I'm great at doing that for other people.
0: And I'm going to take the butt out of your vocabulary for a second. I'm great at doing that for other people and finish the thought.
2: I'm terrible at doing that for myself. No, it's true. It's true, but I don't like it and I want to fix it now. I think I do it in my own way, which is again, like I said, collecting data. Okay. This was a result of an action I took.
0: Okay. Pause, pause, pause on that. Let's collect some data about you. Because what we're talking about now is compassion for you, compassion for yourself. I'm terrible at that. Okay. I'd like to be better. I'd like to, okay, let's collect a little data on you. I'll say it one more time. You have had a lot of trauma in your life. A lot. I'm not just talking about growing up in a cult and having to flee a husband that's abusive that is still and always will be the father of your children and still and always will be in your life in that capacity. And every single time it's traumatic. Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yep. There was, it was interesting when I talked to the manager guy, whose opinion was really the one I cared about the most. And his ending remark to me was, honestly, this was nothing. You have so much support in this office, and I really don't feel like this needs to be a, a thing. You know, it was a thing because it, right. was, it was affecting was co-worker, and that's a thing for all of us because she affects everybody when she's not happy and when she's no good. But his ending remark really gave me, like, less judgmental towards myself feeling, but it made me want to forgive myself, even though maybe I, there was nothing to forgive. It gave me an out. I'm not the worst person that we have here. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense.
0: It does. Look, I'm terrible at compassion for myself. Okay. How we learn that is gradual. It's calibrating this. It's learning this. And I had a client where at her core was, she was thinking, her thinking was, I do everything wrong. And we were trying to, to have a different voice in there for her to tell her something different. Like I do some things right. Some of the time, like, great, let's, let's look at that. And she couldn't, the one that stuck for her was I don't fail at everything all of the time.
2: Poor thing. Yeah, That's a tough one. I don't fail very often. So any inclination of failure is like, boing, okay, I have to fix this. So I never do it again.
0: Right. And maybe we have to look at what failure really is.
2: We'll talk to my kids in 20 years and see what they have to say about it.
0: <laughs> it's, is making a mistake failure?
2: No, it's not. Okay. To me, making a mistake is a learning. It's a stepping stool. I'm, I'm very good with mistakes.
0: Right. If you tell your kids you're going to make them breakfast,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're like, cool, can we have eggs and bacon? Like, absolutely. We're going to have eggs and bacon. Yes. Yes. Go down to the kitchen in the morning. Like, wow, we don't have any bacon. We've got sausage. So I make eggs and sausage. Is that a failure? No. What if son comes downstairs like, mom, I want bacon. I don't want sausage. This sucks. God, you never get it right. Is that a failure? Knee jerk
2: reaction. Okay, don't worry. I'll run to the store and grab some bacon.
0: <laughs> Let me make it better. Let me fix it. Let me correct it.
2: And this is something I've been working on for years because my children just walk all over me. My response today would be, I'm sorry, we didn't have bacon. That was my bad. We have sausage instead.
0: Was it your bad?
2: I mean, probably not, but I should have maybe bought bacon or checked the fridge prior to promising them bacon. <laughs> See, I, I don't know, man. I have, I have issues.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's why we're talking about it. And, and what I'm highlighting is that these are grooves well-worn in your brain. These are the neural pathways. I need to not make a mistake. I need to, you know, it, it's not okay. It's not okay. And it comes from you first. If you can get to the place of, yeah, I said, I'd have bacon for you. And man, we were out of bacon. I, didn't, I couldn't do it. So we have sausage today. Mom. Yeah. You're disappointed. I get that.
2: The end. <laughs> only that was the end
0: and he might he might not talk to you for the whole day i know right whose problem is that His. (laughs) yeah it affects you and it becomes your problem because your son isn't talking to you yeah this is the trauma response let me make it up to when he comes home from school i'm going to take responsibility i'm going to put it all on me
2: 10 trays of bacon
0: right It was my fault. I now subscribe to Bacon of the Week Club. They're going to send me fresh (laughs) bacon every week. We will never be out of bacon ever again. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. My bad. It's never going to happen again. That's I'm I'm so not okay with somebody being not okay. Yes. I can't allow somebody to be not okay in my presence. Yep. Pretty much. That's rough. That means you have to constantly be Wonder Woman. And I think that the real test is going to be, can we find a way to allow somebody their discomfort without me taking responsibility for it? Wow. It's really hard to work with you this week. I can tell that something's bothering you. If you want to talk about it, I can talk about it with you. I'm happy to, but man, it is is really hard to work with you right now.
2: Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Like with my kids or with boyfriend, I can literally force the situation, you know, just being me and, and eventually they get over it, right? There's a difference between people who you're, you're personal with, something happens, I piss people off. It's okay because I can say, you know what, whatever It was that I did. I am so sorry. I love you guys. And everyone's like, yeah, of course, no big deal. Everybody loves you, blah, blah, blah. But it's different when you scrooge that over into
0: work life because there's no bond. Even right there, you're taking the responsibility for something.
2: Well, because I feel like it starts there. Like if I hurt somebody, no matter how unintentional it was, I did something that hurt them. Yes. Give it back to them. It's your issue. You misinterpreted, but maybe it's also my issue. Like maybe I need to be more careful.
0: Yeah. And that's the part where I think if it's inquiry, not corrective. Explain that. It's the difference between going to the library or fact-checking something going, oh, okay. Now I understand. Okay. And going, Okay, I can never make this mistake again. That leaves very little room. Okay. I mean, I'm exaggerating because that's I think what's what's in your brain. Yeah. I can't get it wrong. It is. Don't ever get it wrong. Yeah. And that's that's the trauma response because when I got it wrong, consequences were severe.
2: And sometimes when I didn't even get it wrong, consequences were severe. <laughs> right. Actually a lot of times,
0: yeah. Right. So and, and that's highlighting so many things that are out of our control. And we're trying to control it because when it is controlled, when it is the right way, when it's in this neat little box, then they're okay. I'm okay. Okay. Number one, it's never really in that box. It doesn't stay there. Number two, it's too exhausting to try to put it in that box. People are going to be offended. Yeah. No matter what we do, somebody might misinterpret you and you didn't even know this. (laughs) going into the week. I had
2: no clue. And I went through so many things. I never would have guessed what it was.
0: Exactly. This is why it's inquiry, not corrective. You were looking for, how do I correct? What did I do wrong? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did I do wrong? Let me correct. Inquiry is, Hey, what's going on for you over there? Something, something really bothered you. What's, what is it? What's going on? So I did both essentially. I asked her and she didn't reveal, she didn't really say it right away. And then she did. And it's, Oh, okay. So you had a problem with, with how I said this. Oh,
2: okay. (laughs) See, that wasn't my reaction at all.
0: Right. Because your reaction went to, I did something wrong. Okay. Let me correct. Let me correct. If it's inquiry, you know, you didn't go to the library and read all those things and go, okay, now I know everything you wanted to right (laughs) instantly (laughs) i mean you were in a state of inquiry that's part of who you are you can do that you could see that something was up let me go back to my state of inquiry what's going on for you without the corrective measure
2: instantly i go i hear you i'm so glad you finally told me and i am so sorry i promise i'm gonna do better (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. Because it's corrective for you. Oh, I'm glad you told me where I went wrong. I can correct myself. I got it. Thank you. I have a work on myself now. That's corrective. When it's inquiries, oh, I hear you. Thank you for telling me that. I understand you better now.
1: Okay. I like that.
2: Because I now understand her better, I should change X, Y, and Z. Or should I just be like, That's just going to be her reaction.
0: We'll see. (laughs) You can navigate it as long as it doesn't cause you to be different than you are. So I can be sensitive to them without being corrective.
2: It's kind of like you know, narcissistic people, like my ex-husband. You take all the blame. You say, yes, that was totally my fault. I am so sorry. It will never happen again. In my heart, I'm going, it's your fucking fault. You're a giant (laughs) dick. But to him, I am the picture of remorse and subservience. And then everything's better again. He stops punching the walls.
0: That now is about making a conscious choice to be a certain way and to do a certain thing. It's what's the most effective here. Yes. And I can choose that. Okay. When I've done something wrong and I'm trying to correct it. So I don't ever make a mistake and I don't, that's different. We're talking about, Oh, I know what sets this person off. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to do it this way.
2: I need to find the definition between, okay, I'm making the situation better. And then we're, we can all carry on living our lives. And mm-hmm. wow, I might've really screwed up here. Let me look, you know, a little deeper into myself and figure out, I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect from here on out, but sure. I'm aware now.
0: Yeah. But that piece about, let me do the thing that smooths this over that makes that yes. Although. I just want to make sure we're not too exhausted in doing that, that we don't do too much of that, that we compromise ourselves and lose ourselves. Okay. Right?
2: All right. Food for thought.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll (laughs) calibrate that a little bit. Think about coming from a place of inquiry versus correction. Okay. And we are back. We
1: are back. Here we are. Here we are back, control Z, <laughs> undo, redo. Control. Right, right. Love that.
0: I love that. Yeah. Love that.
1: She's like, wish I wish life had second takes. So Sarah was talking about, about her boyfriend and how they don't really fight too much. Right. And she was saying he gets in a mood and for her, her conditioning makes her she, she uses humor and does is like, let's have a do over. Let's right. try to make it funny. And she's like, doesn't work on him, which right. I can, I get it. I think that may not work on a lot of people. I think there's a, a difference in a, a middle path between humor and a little bit of levity or authenticity. You know, when your person knows that that's not your comfort level,
0: Well, it's right, but it's also what is just a little healthy deflection and what is actual avoidance. Right, exactly. And it's something we hit later on, even as she started talking about it, because I'm listening to this and it's, and you and I talking, if you were just like, yeah, I don't like going to bed angry. Like, oh, I know you don't want to hold on to anything overnight. like, yeah, yeah, that, that. But as her therapist, I'm hearing this, I'm like, right, this is her trying to put a handle on it, her compartmentalizing, her history of trauma and, and what she's been through and how she's had to survive. And, and I'm holding it for a while and I'm like, mm, yeah, hang on. Yeah. There's, there's something a little more here there. Yeah.
1: And you, well, you, and you pointed out that that's what makes, it's not that that's what makes, but that part is, makes him a good partner for her.
0: And that's, that's something I say, I say it to a lot of people, you know, when they, they look at their partners being different than they are like, right. There's a reason why you were attracted to that. And it has the potential to be a healing relationship. Mm-hmm you can heal by virtue of learning from each other and trying things differently and getting out of your comfort zone from that place.
1: Right. She mentioned, um, speaking of, is that what she mentioned? All I remember is she mentioned something where I was like, oh my God, that's so rad. She listens to Drew. (laughs) She listens to us. She listened to her. She listens to, I don't know, but I was like, oh, fun.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. She listens to the podcast and that's like I was saying before we yeah. went into the session, she listens and feels like, oh, cool. I get to hear my progress and hear back things and, and I get Meredith takes, take on things and, and that's cool, <laughs> but it was like sticking in her head that she, she did the, uh, speaking of, and then yeah. cracked her up yeah. she realized she was talking to me. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we revisit the situation with her friend, which I thought, wow, again, I just listened to her. This isn't a judgment. This is just like the thought process that came up in my head. And I would say it to my client in the same way sure. when she was saying, you know, it got to be too much and you're not leaving this room until we talk this out. And you said, it's, it's not all about you or it's not all about me, but it is all about me. And I was like, oh my God, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the net net of it is that it was about her and right not the point in my mind when I'm listening to this and I'm understanding of course that she's having this anxiety and she's, but if anyone ever says like, you are not leaving this room until we talk this out, like not nah, bitch, I'm out of here right now. <laughs> like just saying,
0: right. Like, right. Like, yep, yep, and I
1: don't think she held yep. her hostage per se, but she really forced it on her to get the results she wanted, which in fact were correct. Like she was right.
0: Right. I mean, we'll go, we'll go meta meta here for a second this is sort of what I was saying to you last week because she had described to me, we had to cut some of it because it was too identifying. She was describing to me her relationship with this coworker and that this coworker does just divulge everything about anything going on. Like it's, it's her own little personal reality TV show. Right. And the only time she is ever not divulging all this information and pretty free flowing with it is when it's about Sarah. Right. So she knew it was absolutely about her Sarah's thing was I, I went back and listened to that same meeting on on video. Like I listened to it to to try to figure yeah. out what it was. I mean, I'm hearing that going, wow, she is hyper vigilant about yeah. this. And she is that's a trauma response. I can hear it. Totally. That's that wanting it to be okay. And it's not just don't go to bed angry. It's like, yeah. are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Cause I'm not okay if you are mad at me. Right. So I'm hearing that, okay, we're gonna have to hit that piece for sure.
1: Yeah, and I could relate to when she finally told her what it was, and I I could see myself going back and listening to things if it were me because I would be like, "Mm, really? Like, I want to know. I want to. I want to know that.
0: Why? Why do you want to know that?
1: Because I want to be a better person. Uh huh. The thing about her that I don't think she ever came back to, and I was surprised you guys didn't, is that she said that's not the first time people have given her that feedback. Right. And my thought was it's her tone. It's her very Hmm. sort of well enunciated direct. uh, I'm trying to do it now. (laughs) It's not a negative thing at all, but I can see how her, she kind of just gets, okay, here's how it is, blah, blah, blah. Like she's efficient. She sounds like she's effective and efficient in a lot of ways. So I was thinking maybe it's her tone. I don't know.
0: That's an interesting take because you, you might be right with that. I can hear that and think about that and kind of go, okay, that, that might be good to bring up with her. I don't think we've hit it that way yet. And that falls under the category of, I say this to a lot of clients, sometimes like you are unintentionally intimidating. You don't mean to intimidate totally. people. Yeah. It's purely unintentional. Right. And it's not necessarily anything you have to change. We're just building an awareness of it. That's why, Mare, I was just kind of going after you for a 2nd like, well, why do you want to hear right. it yourself? Why right. do you want to do that? And that's, we'll talk about it in a second, the the coming from a place of inquiry, not a place of correction. Right. Another thing that I was thinking about for Sarah is this is something, you're right, Mary, this is something we want to look at is this isn't the first time she's heard this. Okay. We can look at that. Not now, not in this episode, Why not? not in this session. Why not? She was a little too ramped up. Got it. If you heard me, I slowed her down again. Right. And that's Our work and where we were going, this particular pathway that we turned and went down was the one where she gets to slow down a little bit. She gets to understand this and feel this and not get too venti or too intellectual. And I mean, venti could be both ways. Venti like venting and venti like a a large coffee from Starbucks where you're just super amped up. Mm, So take that both ways, people. Good one. Good one. I didn't mean it. I was unintentionally uh, (laughs) punny. But it was something and it is something that other therapists might go, oh, right, but you could hit it right there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm pretty darn sure her defenses would have just gone up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I would have hit it right there and you're not wrong.
0: And then, I mean, look, I don't think that it's a mistake as a therapist to have hit it right there because if her defenses do go up, you can then go, wow, you're getting really defensive right now. What do you think that's about?
1: Right. No, neither right nor wrong, just different and you guys started talking about, and again, it's not a analogy, but you said something to the effect of con you can only control the message sent, not the message received. I just All like right. that little phrasing and so true. You. And you're welcome. And I think, <laughs> you know, she, there was, a, she was, I mean, she's always humorous and she was just funny how throughout this, I think this and maybe the next episode, she was like, yep, that's me. that's my whole life. Yep. That's me. Like, <laughs> trying to always control
0: what message is received, right? I think that that thing about the message sent, message received. There's going to be different perspectives, and I think she yeah. even said it like, like you said, everybody's in their own movie. Like I can't control how yeah. she's doing it. I'm like right, and not having control and realizing like it's okay to not have control when you're hyper vigilant when you're trying to control how the message is received by everybody. Wow, that it's so exhausting. I mean, if anybody. Has ever thought about sending this text or sending this email? And you go, wait, 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 no, no, no. Let, let me, let me just, let, let me edit this. Let, no, 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 no. Let me say it this way. No, no, no. They're going to react this way, and you keep editing how you're sending a message, right? Literal, literal message sending. Right? right. That can be exhausting. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of editing for sure. Yeah. Get it, get it right. Say what you mean, mean what you say. For sure. There's also a degree to which. Being hyper vigilant about it and going through so many iterations and incarnations of a text or an email is so exhausting. Right. And if you just kind of try to go, here's my intention, let me throw it out this way.
1: Right. Yeah, totally. At some point, you said, well, it's 0% about you. And I was like, um, and then you said, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little. I was like, okay, good. Uh huh. Cause I was like, no, no. She, thought to herself, like, well, it must be me. And to me, I'm like, no, it, it was you actually. And look at the ongoing feedback you get. If it's happened before it was you in that, that that is what she was upset about the friend, but it wasn't right. like she couldn't control her friend's feelings or reaction. Right. Like she may have done absolutely nothing different that she does any other day. And her friend perceived it a different way.
0: So here's the fun thing about sitting on the other side of the room from her. Yeah. Or computer, sitting on the other sure. side of the computer from her. Sad. So, right? Is that was a tactic? Oh. Me saying it's 0% about you. I'm trying to get her away from being so fixated and being so hypervigilant and her not feeling okay, not being okay because someone else is not okay. And I tried to take that away and take it off of her and make it 100% about the coworker. Right. And say, okay, let's, let's look at it externally so that she wouldn't have that kind of possession of the issue so much. Right. So it's, I'm, I'm using a tactic that the reality is, of course, it's, it's about her. It's about both of them. It's about their interaction. Totally. Right. But doing that, I'm, I'm trying to just snap her mind off of something and into something else. Good one. Yeah.
1: Well, and for, I don't know, I wrote down because it made me laugh. She's like, I mean, it's not like everyone's like, you know, evil, hateful morons. (laughs) It's like, we're just all (laughs) humans getting through life like the rest of us. And I was like, okay, evil, hateful morons slash just humans. Love it. Great. And, you know, I think she was saying she was trying to see things from like a good place and not coming from malice. I think is sort of what she meant, but then she jumps to like, I don't like conflict and whenever someone says conflict or confrontation or I'm like, you know, it, that's not what giving feedback always is. It can become that, especially if you're not effective in your communication.
0: Right. And again, we're talking about Sarah who has grown up in a cult where there were severe consequences for not going with the group think for anything. Yeah. Right. And a a big part of her, and I said this to her in, in right where you're talking about, I even questioned her about, you're looking for control. Right. What are you trying to control? That was me trying to take it off of her and just go, what's going on outside of you? What's going on? And she's looking to control something. Like, what are you trying to control? And it was, well, me. And it was really about how people react to and respond to me is what she's trying to control. Because right. she, she was trying to control herself, but only in order to control how they're going to respond What I hit with her was, right, the best way you know how to do that is to make sure you're not misinterpreted. Right. A way to not be misinterpreted is to enunciate and speak very clearly. Oh, good one. So that people understand the words that you're saying.
1: Wow, Dougie, you just brought that home.
0: Thank you. This is why sometimes when I'm doing this to over enunciate, to speak very clearly, I sound like a fucking jackass. Right. And people are going to go, wow, you sound like really prideful and full of yourself and so much better than us. And it's not what it is. It's coming from a place of, I want to make sure I'm not misinterpreted. Totally. I want to make sure everybody understands.
1: And I didn't think anything of her tone or the way she spoke before. I wouldn't, if you had said, what's, how does she generally speak? I'd be like, I don't know. But when I heard her say that and go back and listen, I thought to myself, "Well, like, what could it be? And then I thought, oh, maybe it's that.
0: Yeah. Again for her what we are doing this is this is the the second part of the meta when i said we're going to go meta meta yeah what we're doing almost in this entire episode is coming from a place of inquiry not correction yeah so i'm doing this with her and it it's inquiry she might not even realize that we're we're going with inquiry and going inside of her inside of her thinking from a place of inquiry not correction not how some people will listen to a recording of themselves in a meeting or whatever it is and go, oh man, I need to do that better. I can do that differently. I could be a better person. I could be the, it's just going, oh, this is, this is why I'm like this. Right. Oh, this is what's happening here. Huh?
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And I think you talked about this some, but about trauma response, being a trauma survivor yes. and.
0: Oh, you, you hated this. I, I know you hated this.
1: I know. Hate's hey, a strong word, Dougie. I only hate one thing, and that's my aunt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how she's come up in every episode lately, but...
0: I know. It's like, whoa, interesting. I know. I would say you didn't like me doing this so much this episode.
1: And I totally got it. And for me, it's just the vernacular.
0: Well, and there's a reason why I use the word survivor in this too, right? And we've talked about things being her survival, and she needed to do things and they were very necessary to survive, right? And I, I'm big on the rhyming things, so I'm all about thriving, not surviving. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's step it up. And she's like, yes, yes. So whenever I say survival or survive, it's juxtaposed with thrival and thrive, right? And that we're we're making a turn and we're we're going in that direction. And she knows this now, right? So it's kind of in there in her head somewhere. So. It's starting to shift things a little bit, and that's I'm not like oh uh, you're neuro linguistic programming her and you're you're doing that like I, no I'm absolutely not right I would never try to do that I don't even know how to do that but I'm using certain words in certain ways so she, it softens it for her yeah if you notice whenever I mention trauma survivor to her she. You can't see her cringe, but she does. Yeah, and she says something like she'll even say, and I think in this in this session she did like, Ugh, I just hate that. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. And that, that's why I'm going to say it again. Let's let's look at this because that that is what you went through, right? And you went through trauma. It's something that we're not going to take away, but we can make a shift from survive to thrive as we move further away from it, as we heal, as we do other things. And I think she's. She gets it and she gets it intellectually. I think we're going to have a lot of work to do to get it emotionally.
1: Well, and you know? this is what I guess if she listens, I can talk directly to her. But what I <laughs> want for her is to picture because now I can't stop thinking of Destiny's Child slash Beyonce's song Survivor. And right. yes, it's about right. an ex and whatever, but it's still the concept because Beyonce is a badass bitch. So like, if you could just like picture yourself being Beyonce, just like what she's talking about is not going to give up. Like, and that's what she did is like, she's been surviving. Sarah's been surviving nonstop. Totally. And, and I just picture her being like just a badass. Like think of yourself as a badass, like a strong ass woman.
0: Right. And how she thinks of herself. She said it when she was talking about the ex, she said, I'm a picture of of remorse and subservience. And if I can do that, then everything's better. Cause he'll stop punching walls. He'll stop yelling. He'll stop. you know, then, when other people are okay, then I'm safe. Cause that's that that word safe didn't really come up here, but it will. Yeah, And it will be something we work on is feeling safe for her. It's anybody having discomfort is ultimately not safe for me, which is how she's just been connected. Her neural pathways, what she thinks, what her experience has been. Right. So she will do everything she can to make sure somebody is not experiencing discomfort. Like the coworker, you mm-hmm. have a problem with me. We're not leaving this room until you tell me about it. I'm going to take it on. Then I'm going to make it better. You will not be uncomfortable anymore. Then I will be safe.
1: Right. And there was a part where she talked about one way criticism relationship, which I thought was interesting that she hadn't brought that up <laughs> right. until now, un- unless we just never heard it. But the fact that she was saying that that's how their relationship is, that if she's upset, everyone knows. And if, if Sarah's upset, like nobody knows about it. I think that (laughs) she she said, well, I don't care about her opinion. And I think what I, what I got from that was, well, in, in her reasonable mind, she doesn't, but in her emotion mind, she does.
0: You go DBT girl. I know. She even said, I'll deal with my feelings later. When we have feelings that we can't tolerate, that it's so uncomfortable, that we don't feel safe, we will compartmentalize. We will put a handle on it and keep going. And people will go, wow, you're so controlled. You've got a handle on everything. Right. No, you just shoved it down further and further and it's not dealt with. And that I'll deal with my feelings later. That's fine if you actually deal with them later. If you don't and they stay in those compartments, oh man. That weight is going to pull you down eventually.
1: Right. You can take your feelings and stuff and issue whatever, and you can put them in a box and put it on the shelf. But if you never get, take that box back down, then you're just shoving it all down. And it's completely different than just putting it on a shelf for a little bit. Right. Okay. You referred to her as an empath. What makes you, what made you say that?
0: She said, I am an empath. Oh, she did? Uh Uh-huh and what that means for her is i take on other people's feelings. Right. I hear that as yes, you are so attuned to everybody else's reaction, response and feelings around you so you take that on as it's now your responsibility. Right. Because how you were brought up, how your how your siblings are reacting have consequences. Right. How the people in the cult react means there are consequences. So, let's all be the picture of remorse and subservience, then everything will be better. Right. Let me make sure nobody is ever experiencing discomfort. And I said, like, we need to find a way to allow somebody, their, their discomfort without taking it on. Right. That responsibility for somebody else's feelings is something a lot of us can relate to. And a lot of us think about, and it's not, it's not, not giving a fuck about it. Like, I don't care. They can feel how they want to feel. I'm going to do that. No, I think being empathic is fine. Not to such a degree that you are now letting it control how you act. But
1: I think there's a difference between being an empath and feeling responsible for someone else's feelings. Totally. I just, it was just something I noticed and I wouldn't have occurred to me unless you, or that had come up about how I don't think she would even be able to know if, or I don't think I can know if she's an empath or not because she was, she's been trained this way from day one.
0: It's interesting, because I remember talking about empathy with somebody, I think another therapist, and we were talking about like, can you empathize with your clients? Like, of course you can. Like the whole idea is understanding somebody's emotions that they're sharing with you. Right. And it's, it's sharing those emotions, right? But they need to share them. It's not about taking them on. Right. And sympathy versus empathy. And there's that great Brene Brown, like little animated cartoon that I love about it. And it's, it's that idea of, instead of just going like, oh, bummer, that sucks that that happened to you. It's, it's really going, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that happened. Let me understand that. Let me, it's sharing that feeling with somebody, but not taking it on so they don't feel it anymore. Right. And that's where I think being an empath gets misconstrued to let me take this on so the other person doesn't feel it anymore and make it better for them. Totally. That's not empathy.
1: No, empathy is right. Just putting, being able to like put your, try either have from the past, like put yourself in someone else's shoes, understanding why they might have certain feelings as opposed to just trying to understand it from your own perspective, right? Like, oh, that must suck. Like you said.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Just me, just give me a visual, like walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Right. But go buy the same pair of shoes that they wear. Don't take their shoes away from them. They still need to walk in them. Good one. If you walk a mile in someone else's shoes and leave them barefoot, they're going to cut up their feet. That's not good. You can't do that. So you don't want to rob them of their experience. You just want to share in it with them so they don't feel so alone and you have a better understanding and it brings you all together.
1: Right? Yeah. When she said that her kids walk all over her, I was like, what? So I was very much like, wow, I did not expect that. I expected from the way she's seemingly organized and structured and that that would not be the case.
0: Right. And remember, there's the, and this is why there's probably great turmoil for her inside because she has that, that way of thinking. And, and she's called it her OCD mentality and like needing things just so yet they walk all over her because as we were talking about this, why she made the the segue to that is Right. Not wanting anybody to be in discomfort, to allow somebody else their discomfort is what I was saying. And then she went, oh yeah, my kids walk all over me. Right. Like, okay. So if if they want eggs and bacon in the morning and you're, you're out of bacon, it's like, oh yeah, that's my, yeah, I failed. Yeah. Right. And and that's why we looked at that. Like, why can't they just be bummed that? All right. Yeah. You're bummed. There's, there's no bacon today.
1: Yeah. And then, well, she was like, oh, I'd go out and get some. I'm like, in my mind, I'd be like, fuck you and your bacon kids. You get nothing. Now you starve to death. <laughs> Just kidding. And, and right. I get it when when you said is a mistake. Well, like, and I agree, like she said, she misspoke, but that's the thing to say, Oh, sorry. I thought we had some, that's it. Right. Like not, right.
0: Oh shit. Oh, I fucked up. Like what she did. She, she even said, right. like, and she said knee jerk reaction was I'll go get more. Yeah. Like, okay. Keep going. That that's correction, not inquiry. Like, keep going. And then it's, oh yeah, we don't have bacon. My bad. I'm taking it on. It's my fault. Right. Like, well, you don't have to take it on. And she even said, like, I've been working on this for years. I've been yeah. trying. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Because a lot of a lot of these these pathways, and I even use this verbiage with her, they're they're so well worn because that's what she knows. Right. And what her brain connects and and where she has to go. And again, that mentality is, is partly the trauma response. Like, Oh yeah, I need to, because if, if I was in the cult and I had to cook breakfast for everybody and there wasn't bacon, yeah, I would get locked in a room you right. know, in a closet for, for a week with no food. Right. Yeah. It, it's horrible. So having had that traumatic experience and having that knee jerk response to something comes from that same place of not safe, not okay. Cause someone else is in discomfort or disappointed. So I need to be better. I need to do this. And it's, she's so hard on herself.
1: Yeah. You guys talked a lot about is making a mistake failure, which I love. Mm -hmm. And I just had this conversation with a client and her dad, and she was saying, like, I just want to know that I can make a mistake and it's not failing and you guys aren't going to leave. And he was like, no, like, no, what? And I think that's, the idea. And cause she says, I don't fail a lot. And I wanted to be like, okay, let's just look at that for a minute. Cause <laughs> fail right there for saying you don't fail a lot. I mean, I'm just kidding, but like, you know, I was just kind of like, well, how do you define that? And if making a mistake versus failing versus like, if you get an F on a test, sure you failed the test, but like, did you fail life? Did you fail? like, right. will people still love you and support you?
0: Yeah. And I I think the idea is if you fail, if you have that mentality, you then need to like pass or do really well. Mm -hmm. Or I think maybe that the inverse would be perfection. Right. You need to achieve perfection. I think the theme for what I was going for with a lot of this episode is, well, if it's not about the correction, can it be about the inquiry? Right. Can it not be about fail or perfection? Can it be about learning, which is what she values. Again, I'm Throwing her values back to her, totally. We're talking about inquiry because she she's somebody who will go to the library, who will read right. all these things, who will do this. She wants the data, right? Can that be inquiry, not corrective? And that's sort of where we left off the session. Like, cool. Can you look at things? Can you look this way for things in your life? Right. Can we can we soften up that thing where you're so hard on yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear what uh, you guys come up with next about that. Cause there's gotta be a
0: lot there. There might be, who knows? I don't know. You do know. I do know. Yeah, that's true. And you guys will all know also in a week. So <laughs> come back then. Have a good Halloween and a Dia de los Muertos and an All Saints Day and- uh, All of it. Just have a good week. Yeah. Just just get out there and live life. And take no shit. That's right. Bye. Bye.